to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you to our final week of our series, The Kingdom is Like. The kingdom is a priceless kingdom that can't be replicated. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. We are now um, coming to the end of our series. Um, this has been a really incredible series, The Kingdom is Like. Um, and we're going into our last preached message. As next, next week, we're going to have an um, online service only together as family. Um, so I'm excited to dig in to what the Lord has for us this morning. Um, I would ask you to open up your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew 13. Matthew 13. We're going to be looking at verses 45 and 46. I'd ask that all of God's people who are in attendance that you would uh, rise um, really quickly for the reading of the word. All right, verse 45 reads, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. So I'm gonna be preaching um, a message this morning entitled, The Kingdom is Like a Priceless Kingdom. Let me go before the Lord and pray. Y'all may be seated. Father, I thank you for your goodness, your goodness that you show us every day, the mercies that are new every morning, the joy that could be only found in you, the inexhaustible joy of the Lord. Man, it's so great to be in your kingdom. It's no matter what the storms may be, we can have peace in that boat because we rest in you. You are that ark. The one true and living Christ. And as this world to us becomes more and more irrational, illogical, whatever it may call to be in this world in America, we could always have hope because we know that there's a pearl of great price, a pearl that is more valuable than anything. So we're so grateful for the kingdom of God that here and now and in life to come, we get to dwell with you and that your presence calms all of our fears, that we don't have to worry about what's going on in the world because we can have peace that surpasses all understanding because Jesus, you are Lord. And we're so grateful that you're reconciling all things back unto yourself because we want your kingdom to be as far as the east is, is to the west. And we want the peace and tranquility and the shalom that only Christ brings. So God, feed your people this morning. No matter where their hearts are right now, I pray that their soil is ripe for this word that you have for them. May the words of my mouth and the um, meditation of my heart be acceptable to you in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. I pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord in his holy name. Amen, amen. So the values of a society change. They change sometimes, they change so quickly. Um, it, it really changes um, for us what we see as valuable. And in our country, the values have changed rapidly in these last 10 to 15 years. So what was once seen as valuable was once seen as good is no longer seen as valuable. And one of these things that has, has changed and is changing rapidly now is how people look at economic wealth in this land. So once in our country's history, gold and silver was the thing. Then the dollar bill was made. And now it seems that we're even shifting from the dollar in the coming years to cryptocurrency. So another thing that shifted is how this century has been, how social media shapes us and how 
At one time, life for young adults and the youth was shaped by adding fans on MySpace. Now it's tr then it transitioned to how many friends we have on Facebook and followers on Twitter. So now the social currency, the social value of today's young people is being shaped by how many followers they have on IG and how many followers they have on TikTok. So like Pastor Tufu was, was sharing with us a few weeks ago, like how do you really reach folks who don't really contemplate current and future realities? That their mind is so shaped by the virtual, by what's not next to them, but by, by a screen, that how can you really tell them like what the eternal treasure of the kingdom of God is? And one thing I do love is that I hope that in this series, that family, that we have really grown in our understanding of the kingdom of God. I pray that that's been happening for you. And like what it means for you and what it means for us as a body, as the kingdom, like what it really means that we are blessed to be in the kingdom of God. And in these last two weeks of messages, I hope you really see that for every person that lives, that literally there are two destinies. And that is what Pastor Antoine was reminding us about last week, that the fish some are going to be good, and some are going to be deemed worthless. And I also preached about that, my first message in the series, The Wheat and the Weeds, that with the kingdom of God entering into the world, when Christ entered into the world, and we're going to be celebrating his first coming shortly, the reality of it is judgment of the world came into the, it was coming into the world, that one day that this world will be judged. But then also, with uh, uh, Pastor Warren G, he, he spoke with us about really the, the three types of people that we come across in this life. Like he broke it down to us simply, like you're either lost or found, right? That you're, that with the lost, there's a, a, a non-religious lost and there's a religious lost. But then he also reminded us and told us that the third person is believers, so there are three types of people that we will meet. And because we meet these three types of people, these three types of people I'll speak about this morning. So today's sermon around this text in Matthew 13, 45 and 46 is going to highlight for us that there are really three worldviews and views that people can take to the kingdom of God. That those three types of people and those destinies that we just spoke about, that there are really Three views to the kingdom of God. So for us disciples of King Jesus, listening to this message, we must be seeing that the kingdom of God, as priceless, is a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. Our life is not our own. As we were bought with a price, amen, and because our Lord Jesus died for us, we can never forget our identity as servants in his kingdom. And so for us, because the kingdom of God is priceless, we must be willing to sacrifice our lives because it's worth it. And I'll say it to y'all again. The main point of today's message is because the kingdom of God is priceless, we must be willing to sacrifice our lives because it's worth it. And worth it because there is nothing more valuable in this life or the life to come than the kingdom of God. And now let's look at the views of the people that we are going to come across in life in relation to the worth of the kingdom of God and how they see it as valuable. So point one, the kingdom of God to some is worthless. So a growing segment of the lost that we encounter more and more in America is that I'm not religious crowd. 
that re not religious crowd, literally, they will never see the kingdom of God because they can't never get the log out of their eye to see the kingdom of self is their king. Like for them, the freedom of self is priceless. You can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me who to be. This is my world and you have to abide by my rules. The reality of these people that see the kingdom of God is worthless is that they want to control all things, that they want to be sovereign, that they want to play God. So literally, they're literally paying no attention to Christianity. And why do these people pay no attention to Christianity, the people that see the kingdom of God is worthless? Because they see Christianity is so unattractive. Why would I want to be a part of the oppressors? Why would I want to be part of the establishment that must be overcome? So literally the kingdom of God is really a hidden treasure to them. They cannot see it. So when you share the gospel with them, it will fall on deaf ears. So literally the first um, verse 44 that Pastor Tufu preached on was really for these people and how when they come to faith, what it really looks like because it's a treasure they weren't even looking for. So there was no searching for pearls for them. They will not search for pearls. And I'm going to get into more in the second group how the second group relates to today's text more as their lives, their lives are that priceless pearl. They can't see the gospel and, and, and Jesus as that priceless pearl. And the thing about it, the 21st century is moving more and more virtual. More and more virtual. I know y'all probably heard in the news a metaverse. What's meta? Like this virtual reality stuff is like, this is another way for the world to build another Tower of Babel, to, to continually not acknowledge God so that they could play God in this world. And they're trying to figure out a way to sync it up in the next 10, 15 years to everyday reality. But this has already been going on. Like one of the big, like Roblox. My, ch my children love Roblox. Roblox is a virtual reality world. It's a game that's, that's based a lot around virtual reality. And a lot of things that they're trying to do now with trying to get a metaverse going, they're looking at Roblox. They're looking at something called Decentraland and the Sandbox. Like they're trying to take us away from embodied reality. So that sin, <laughs> what's sin? Like I'm in my metaverse. They're taking us farther and farther away. And for us to do faithful gospel ministry in, the, in this century, it's going to take even more of a challenge to help these people see the kingdom of God. Because it's going to be more and more foreign to this group of people. So the biggest question we need to be pondering where we live, where we work, and where we play that I want y'all to write down and remember is with this group of people is how is the gospel good news to these people? How is the gospel good news to these people? So we have to think that our starting goal with these people in the disciple-making process, because that's what we want to do, we want to make disciples, has to be moving them to the awareness of the eternal, that there's something beyond themselves, that we don't live in a reality that's close to God that God is here, that God is not silent, that God exists. So it's just the first step with those people in our lives that we have to shift them to the awareness of the eternal. So the thing about it, how can we point people to the kingdom of God if we don't first lead them to thinking past themselves? And family, we can't be afraid to engage people to have this worldview. We can't. We can't be afraid to engage. We have to apply this to ourselves and we gotta ask ourselves questions. Do we fail because of fear? 
Are we failing to engage the people, the, the people that we know in our lives that are the farthest for God? Are we failing to engage them because of fear? Or do we lack the hope in the gospel that the gospel can transform people's lives? Is that why we fail? Because we don't have enough confidence in the gospel? Or is it just generally just a lack of pursuit? Are you pursuing the lost, the non-religious lost in particular? Are you pursuing them? Or are you only hanging around with your Christian friends? Are you only in those echo chambers? For us to make disciples, and that's the passion, should be the passion of this church. That's, I know it's the passion of our lead pastor. We have to be around lost people. We can't have a lack of pursuit be the reason that we are afraid to engage people who think the kingdom of God is worthless. And I'm going to give us some hope right now. We must not fail. Why? Because Christ is risen. And family, the reality of that is, is that, we, that he raises any soul from death to life. Because he rose, we preach, we proclaim, we embody, we demonstrate because he is risen. It's not only just the Easter message. That needs to be an everyday message. Christ is risen. Christ is reigning. And we're inviting people to come into his reign to realize that they're going to have to see this king one day. And they want to see him as an elder brother. They don't want to see Christ as judge. We don't want that for people. So family and Christ we have to remember that we are ambassadors to the kingdom. So let us not fail proclaiming what is priceless because the lost are still deaf and blind. That's expected. We can't expect the deaf and the blind to, to hear spiritual things because that's the job of the Holy Spirit to open their eyes. And the Holy Spirit is always opening the windows of the human heart so that the breeze of life can awaken the dead to life. I've been teaching since 2008. And very early on in my teaching career, I realized when you're a teacher, when you start the teaching profession, you come into the classroom with big dreams. Honestly, that you're going to change the world that you're going to reach all of these kids and that they're going to, their lives are going to be transformed. Man, it didn't take long for me to realize the truth of that. But even now, man, now, it's a mess, y'all. Every day I'm in the classroom, man, it's looking like, when I'm talking about the kingdom of God is worthless to these people, I feel like education is worthless to most of my students I teach. It saddens my heart every day that children literally, because they have been, their treasure has been the virtual, because they were zoomed out, and some of them were never even zoomed in because they were playing video games while the zoom was on. Their treasure is somewhere else. And what we put in before them, they can't even see. And the reality of it is for, for most teachers, and it came to be for me, man, I may not get them all, but I want to catch some of these fish. Like, I want to reach some of these kids. Like, I want to change lives. That's why I got into that profession. And that's no different for us, family. As disciples of Christ, we're never going to be able to catch all the fish. And that's not our job to catch all of the fish. But it's upon us to put the message of the kingdom before the people. And the Holy Spirit will catch some of these fish. And some of these fish, their life will be transformed by the gospel. Because as the gospel transforms people and people's lives change, people change environments. So... The thing about it is the reality of it is, is that in our lives, 
there are going to be more than enough people, especially the younger generation, who are farther and farther away from what many of us grew up in. Some are going to see that the kingdom of God is worthless. But actually, the more people we meet will take the view it actually has some value. There are still more people, and my second point, that see that the kingdom of God isn't priceless. So many, many, many may see, actually, right, Jesus as of great value, but they won't see Jesus as king of their lives. For them, Jesus is not priceless. Jesus is a good moral teacher. Teacher, Jesus was a good man. I'm only going to take bits and pieces of the Bible. I'm just going to follow the words of Jesus. Not of Moses, not of Paul, just Jesus. So for some people, Jesus gives them their, 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 uh, the spear of morality and kind of how they live their life. But the difference between the people in the second view and the first view is that literally more of them are searching for what is priceless. So for many of them, um, the, the way that we would describe them and the people in our lives that we see, they often call themselves, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Or they're literally disciples of other, other religions. See, the difference with the people in the second view of people that we're more likely to come around, especially down here, in the Southeast is that some of these people know that they're actually broken. Like these people actually know that they need some type of salvation and they know it ain't, ain't, ain't in themselves that they can't play God. They know they need something outside of themselves. So this is the, this is the description of uh, what Pastor G was talking about a couple of weeks. This, this is the religious lost. And we got a lot of religious lost around us in our lives many of our family members, our, our close friends. So literally they're merchants, but they're searching for the wrong pearl. They are merchants. We got more people who are merchants around us than people who are aimlessly following around in the field, looking around for something else, but they just following themselves. So we all know people like this and how we can identify them. They're often people who are longing for purpose. Like I know that there got to be something more to life. Like, what, they're, they're literally, they're searching for their purpose. And the thing about these people and the way merchants generally are, the religious laws, they often evangelize. They, shoot, most of the merchants that have the, are searching for the wrong pearl, they actually evangelize more than some of us believers. Like, they're literally saying, like, man, you got to try that TM that TM meditation, you know? You gotta come with me to yoga. You know, just so many things. Like, oh, you, 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 this way of life. This way of life is the way for you. They won't lead you to prayer. They won't lead you to a Bible, but they will lead you to their way of life. So the biggest question we need to be pondering where we live, where we work, and where we play with these people for those that take notes, who is the Holy Spirit sending me to that needs to hear the message of the kingdom of God? Who's the Holy Spirit sending me to? That's the question we all need to ask ourselves. Like, who is the Holy Spirit sending me to? I'm following you, Jesus. Jesus, you're at work somewhere. Who are you sending me to? Pray that. Holy Spirit, who are you sending me to? Because sometimes those people can be right in front of your face that, you be called, that you're called to make, make disciples of. But you're not even paying attention. If we're following him, if we're abiding with Jesus, then, we, then we're constantly asking him, the Holy Spirit, just lead me to who you want me to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. Think about it. Every time that you don't talk about Jesus in the kingdom with your classmate or your coworker or your neighbor 
or your close friend or your family member because we just want to be tolerant of their religion or their way of life. Yo, real talk. Think about it. When was Jesus ever quiet about the kingdom of God? So this didn't matter whether Jesus was in Jerusalem with the religious laws or he was in Samaria with the religious and the non-religious laws. It really didn't matter. Where did he preach? He always preached kingdom. There are so many people that need to hear this. They always need to hear this. So the bottom line, literally, that you always got to remember is what we speak about the most is always about what we value the most. What we speak about the most is always what we value the most. So if we value people and we love people, we're going to preach Jesus. We're going to share about the kingdom. That's, that's the bottom line. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I told y'all before, it, like, when we're not in love with Jesus, that we're not abiding with Jesus, are we ever going to talk about Jesus? If Jesus is our part-time lover, are we ever going to talk about Jesus? If we just leaving Jesus for the weekend, like, come on. Like, we can't put Jesus with scissor. Come on. The reality of it is, is our goal in the disciple-making process with folks who fall in this view must be about proclaiming the beauty and the goodness of the kingdom of God. That, yeah, there's some good in those things, those breathing exercises and whatever you're doing. There's, there's value in that. But the beauty of the kingdom with Jesus and following Jesus, it's more beautiful. It's going to bring you that joy when you search it just for temporary happiness. Joy lasts. It's not like joy in the Lord. Like depression going to come. Anxiety going to come. But if you ain't got joy, you're going to be enslaved to those emotions. So family, we must tattoo the hearts and the minds of those in our midst with the masterpiece of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is great. So without words, we must be painting a masterpiece. Think about it. If we were so bold and confident in the Lord and just relied upon the Holy Spirit, literally all of us could be a Picasso or a Warhol, like we're just painting all of this of the kingdom of God. Like we Bob Ross, we paint in these beautiful landscapes. That's what we should want to do with the message of the kingdom of God. That we paint pictures with our words and we demonstrate with the fruit of the Holy Spirit where we live and we work and we play. That's how we make disciples. And the thing about it, the greatest longing of the human heart can only be filled by God. So everything that you're searching for, that you're searching for in people, that you're searching for in things, that you're searching for in reputation and fame and celebrity or whatever it may be, and wealth, can only be filled by God. And what if one builds their whole life on the things of creation that, what did Jesus say about them? Moths and, you know, treasure. If your treasure is on, in, on this world, it's going gonna, it's gonna to spoil. What's valuable is going to spoil if it's only for this life and it's not for this life and the life to come. And the only thing that's for this life and the life to come, amen, is the kingdom of God. Man. If, if you want to see this really clearly, listen to this illustration I'm about to give y'all. So I'm going to give y'all a little bit of an excerpt from Will Smith. Everybody knows Will Smith. New York Times bestseller right now, right? 
King Richard, right? So he wrote in his, in his, in his book, um, he shows us basically exactly the void in the human heart when the kingdom of God isn't priceless. So listen to this. So in the conversation that he's writing about, he's talking to his oldest son. So not, 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 um, so not Jaden at all. He's talking to Trey. So Trey, um, so this is well. Trey asked me at dinner one night, Dad, what do you worship? Well, I loved how Trey took to the Bible. He was one of the purest hearts I had ever met. I worship God, I said. Are you sure? That's what Trey asked, Will. So here's the deal. Your Bible, this is Trey speaking to Will, your Bible is brand new. With pages you haven't even turned yet. Mine is tattered and worn with no page unturned. So why don't you rough up your Bible a little bit and then we can have this conversation in a few years. Man, that's a wise son. I, so this is Will, back to Will. I brushed off his question, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. I do interviews for a living. 35 years of questions in 50-something languages. And the number one greatest question that I've ever been asked, what do you worship? Woo! Family, the reality is this will hit most people when you ask people because it hits them face to face with what they value the most. And then, as we're seeing right here with Will, Will Smith, he is seeing his folly. He's like, I got everything. And I still can't answer this question well. I, can't, I say I worship God, but it, it haunts me, it plagues me that nothing in my life testifies to this reality. We can tell people that we love Jesus, but if Jesus doesn't consume our hearts and we don't spend time with Jesus, our words mean nothing. Discipleship is caught, not taught. Discipleship is caught, not taught. So my char- one of my charges to you, I want y'all to ask one not yet believer this week, what do you worship? Ask them, what do you worship? If the evidence don't match up, pray to, pray to the Holy Spirit to reveal that to them. And this leads us to our last point. The kingdom of God is priceless. So this is the last view that people take of the kingdom of God. The merchant who found the priceless pearl, like the man who found the buried treasure, what did he do? What did he do? He sold it. He sold it all. He didn't sell a piece of the treasure. He didn't sell, he sold it all. He sold it all that he had for the priceless pearl. And we have to examine ourselves, me included, that are we selling all that we have in our life, our time, our talent, and our treasure? Are we selling it all and sacrificing it all for the kingdom of God? Are we doing that? Are we doing that? If we're not doing that, how are we going to make disciples? If if we're taking something from God that's already his, how are we going to make disciples? So what we see in 44, 45, and 46, for all of us who are Christ followers already, this has to be our worldview. Like, you can have it all, Lord. I'm yours. Let us don't just sing those songs and not embody this in our lives. We can't just sing songs. We got to actually do it, be about it. And the thing about it, something that we bring in the, the, ancient, you know, the ancient text, the ancient context, do you know that most of the merchants in Jesus' day, what happened to them? 
They lost their lives. They lost their lives searching for them pearls. Because where are the pearls at? The pearls are out in the sea. It could be rough out in the sea. How many times do we see water, you know, in Jesus? The sea is rough. The, living life as a, as a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus in the world, it's going to be rough. It's going, we're going to be in the wilderness. We're going to be out at sea. But the great thing is that we are not out at sea by ourselves. Jesus is always in the boat with us. So no matter what we're going through, Jesus is with us. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the Christian life. That no matter we're in the valley or we're on the mountaintop, no matter where we go, his rod and his staff, they can comfort you. But are you following behind the shepherd? The thing about a family, we can't seek the kingdom. We can't seek the kingdom if we aren't willing to sacrifice our lives for the kingdom. We can say Matthew 6, 33, or we won't. But we're not really seeking that kingdom if we're not willing to sacrifice our lives for Christ. Ouch. The thing about it, our biggest stumbling block is truly, daily, making the kingdom of God central to all of our lives. We have to have an honest, heart-to-heart conversation with ourselves. Is the kingdom of God central for all of my life? Is the kingdom of God, and when I say that, saying doing Jesus' way and God's will, is the kingdom of God central for you when you're doing your job? Is the kingdom of God central for you in your singleness? Is the kingdom of God central for you as you parent your kids? Is the kingdom of God central for you as you witness to your neighbor? Like, I know it's, I know it's a hefty call. I know it's heavy. What I'm telling you, if you're sacrificing your life for the kingdom of God, it's going to be physical, it's going to be economical, it's going to be socially. But you know what? You know what, y'all? King Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. Let's cut that up. He is worth it. He is worth it. And he already told us. He's going to give us all that we, can, we can't even think about how much he's going to give us now and in the life to come. He's worth it. And the thing about it is when we truly live with the kingdom of God central, this shows those around us what the kingdom of heaven is like. People don't know what the life to come looks like. But the thing about it, as we show compassion, as we advocate for others, as we affirm the human dignity of others, the message of the kingdom will have fertile soil and the hearts of people to be received. People will know that you, when they know that you care, they're going to be receptive to the gospel. You show them true love when you show how much you care. And the fact of it is, family, is that with the people who see the kingdom of God is worthless, and the people that see the kingdom of God is isn't priceless, but of some value. When we do those things that I just talked about, the vision of what is priceless can be seen through the fog of law, through the fog of life. So when we're not doing that, the vision of what is priceless can't be seen through the fog of life. We live life in the fog. Because there's sin in the world. And most people around us don't know it. That for those of us who are drivers, we know when it's real foggy, and say like you're, on a, you're coming down a mountain, you can't see. 
And people are walking around and they can't see. But they don't know that they can't see. But it's up to us to demonstrate the kingdom of God and proclaim the kingdom of God so that these people can now have fog lights to see through the fog. Because you can only have light if you got Jesus. There's no light without Jesus. So think kingdom. God is calling us to be a sign, a foretaste, and an instrument of the kingdom of God. Like God is calling us to be that coming attraction to the life to come and how we, how we live, y'all. And this is a heart check, heart check for us that I'm going to ask y'all now. Is our love for Jesus strong enough for us to seek, seek to bring his way to everywhere we do life? Is our love for Jesus strong enough for us to seek to bring his way to everywhere we do life? Family, we must save our greatest celebrations for seeing folks find that hidden treasure and or that priceless pearl of the kingdom of God. That is where our energy, our focus, our celebrations must be. That's the Super Bowl for us. Like literally, it's not the celebration for the victories of our favorite sports teams. It's not the celebration of the downfall of others. It's not the celebration of acquiring material things and wealth that we should be celebrating. We shouldn't be celebrating just because we won the lotto. No, we're celebrating when lost people come into the kingdom of God. Like, we shouldn't be celebrating because our political candidate won. We shouldn't be celebrating because somebody's judicial verdict, somebody got off. We shouldn't be celebrating that. We should only be celebrating the truth of people coming into the kingdom of God. That has to be our greatest joy. And the reality of it is we only harm our witness to the kingdom of God when we lose sight of our call to make disciples. We only harm the witness to the kingdom of God when we lose sight of our call to make disciples. People are watching. People are in the fog. People don't know where they're driving. But if you're not pointing them to the kingdom of God, you're not pointing them to Jesus, you're pointing them to being a worthless fish. Literally. And if we're seeking first the kingdom of God, our greatest unity must be in giving our all for the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's when we're seeking first the kingdom. The kingdom screams unity, not disunity. And we must center our unity on the rule and reign of God in our hearts and demonstrated by our lives. That is when Christ is central. That is when the kingdom of God is priceless and the world sees it. And that's what the world needs. The world needs to hear about a priceless kingdom. So if you're in our midst right now and Jesus is not Lord of your life yet, is what you value in life, in this life, is it priceless? Is it? Really? Is your phone priceless? Is your kicks priceless? Like, everything in this life, it depreciates. You drive that new car, you got that new range. It's looking, it's looking real good. It's looking right. Drive it off. It drops 10% in value. Everything in life outside of the kingdom of God ain't priceless. So if Jesus is not your Lord yet today, is what you value, is it priceless in life and in death? Is it? Is it eternal? Only the kingdom of heaven has value in life and in death. That's it. That's the only thing 
So if you've yet to place your faith in Jesus, if you are yet to place your faith in Jesus, don't continue in that path that you're going. I'm called, Jesus is calling you. If you're feeling this right now, the Holy Spirit is doing his job. That Jesus wants you to come to him. Come. This is where the treasure of life is. This is where the priceless pearl of great value is. Because outside of the kingdom of God is only eternal judgment. And that's not what we want for you. We don't want anybody to hear the weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't want anybody facing torment from forever and forever, forever, ever. We don't want that. And family, our call is first to the reign of God. And living for Jesus and his will and his purpose. He has good works for us that he is waiting for us to walk into. So are we going to use our singleness for the kingdom of God? Are we going to use our marriage to testify to the glory of the kingdom? Are we going to be the best that we could be on our jobs to testify to the kingdom of God? Are we going to be the best neighbor because we testify to the kingdom of God? Are we going to be the best student in the class to testify to the reality of the kingdom of God? Brothers and sisters, this message is honestly... It's just a reminder for us that know that Jesus is Lord. And it's a call for us to remember that living for the kingdom, it's worth it. It's worth it. And no other kingdom is priceless. No other kingdom, especially not the kingdom of, of ourselves, these kingdoms that we create. Man, that joint gonna go up in flames. And family, we are Christ's agents to lead others to his kingdom. Don't fail him. He ain't never failed us not once. Don't fail him. He wants to use you. He wants others to see the kingdom through you. So don't get distracted. And we can so easily get distracted. Too easy. We got things attached to our hands when we wake up in the morning to the time we go to sleep, most of the time. So don't lose heart. Journey in with Jesus. Journey in with Jesus. There are people around us, man, that are about to lead of faith because we're not discipling them. I spent a couple of hours with a brother who's once an elder at a pretty well-known church, and he's telling me he's struggling to stay in the faith. Journeying with Jesus in the kingdom. It's not a solo mission. We got more than a 50-man squad that's on a football team. We got way more than that. We got a trillion times that. But if we walk in like we play in this game alone, that we walk on in this journey like we live in this life alone, the devil going to pick you off. The world going to chew you up and spit you out. Your flesh going to have you eating yourself. Journeying with Jesus is worth it. The kingdom of God is worth it. And it always brings the human heart its greatest joy and ultimate satisfaction when we find it in Jesus. We were created by him. Let's go back to the one that created us where we can find the wellspring of life. We can find the bread of life. That we can find that blessing that can only be found in Jesus. If you notice something about Jesus, 
Jesus dis, always did something with bread. He blessed the bread. We are the bread. He broke the bread. We are broken and we need to go to Jesus and one another to deal with our brokenness because we are the presence of Christ in the world. And what did Jesus do with that bread? After it was blessed and it was broken, he gave it. So we have to ask ourselves, are we following Jesus in the kingdom of God? Are, are we being given for the sake of the world to make disciples where we live, work, and play? That's what we need to be doing. And then kingdom, it's my prayer that we do it. Let's pray. Father, the kingdom is like a priceless kingdom. A priceless kingdom that the, all the world needs to hear about. And Pastor Ramon wrapping up the kingdom is like because the kingdom of God is priceless. Believers must be willing to sacrifice their lives because it's worth it. So if you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705. And if you are anywhere near Charlotte, Matthew, Salisbury, Concord or the Kannapolis area, Come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and even Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, and so much more right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast. <laughs>